It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 206, entitled The Wrong T-Shirt. It was recorded on Monday, the 25th of April, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined in a few moments by my co-host Taco Verdenshot, but also by two other guests, both of them new to the show. We've got Rachel Winchester, as well as Jack Kittering. It's called This Week in WordPress, and of course, we're going to cover some WordPress news from this week. First up, WordPress 6.0 has a new beta that needs testing, and Anne McCarthy has a load of accessibility things that she would like to be tested as well. There's a whole load of churn in the WordPress space this week. We mentioned four people who are moving. Some of them are leaving WordPress. Some of them are coming back to WordPress, but that's an interesting story. We also talk about the fact that some plugins, notably featured plugins with lots of installs will be required to disclose if they change hands so that the plugin cannot be modified in people's already existing websites. Brave, the browser based upon Chromium, is deciding that they want to no longer support AMP pages. Is that a good idea or not? And the Web 3.0, what do you make of it? Is it good? Is it bad? It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. Hello, 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 hello. This is This Week in WordPress episode 4,603. It's not really, it's episode 206. We're not that good. Very nice to have you with us. If you're joining us live, that's really, really lovely. If you're listening to it this a day afterwards on the podcast, nice to have you along as well. If you didn't know, we do it live. Um, these are not AI. These three fine people that are joining me today are real. They ex- Well, I presume that. I've never actually met them in person, but uh, hopefully one day I'll meet them in person. I heard some interesting news about AI this week and, uh, you know, it is quite plausible fairly soon that you could be AI, but enough of that. Let's discover who's on the the show today. First off, uh, a regular co-host, Taco. How are you doing? I'm all good, except for (laughs) a computer that caused a bit of stress just now, but we're here. Um, you, what happened? Tell us, did you, you just, you did the, you did the reboot. Yeah. Yes. So I think a minute before I was supposed to join, um, my computer just completely stalled and I had the option to reboot or reboot or just reboot. <laughs> and then so, it decided to install all the updates. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it took, um, Two minutes longer than it should have. Yeah. And that's a long two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you've got something to do. I know this feeling. It's always at the most crucial moment. Well, anyway, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us once again. I'm glad that you managed to get in under the wire. Nobody knew, Taco. If you'd have said nothing, nobody would have known. It's very honest of you. We're also joined for the very first time by Rachel Winchester from Digital Cube. Hello, Rachel. Rachel, I think, is muted. (laughs) If Rachel's not muted, I can't hear her. Can anybody else hear Rachel, or is it just me? No. Yeah, I can't hear you, Rachel, which is odd because just moments ago I could. Rachel, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to introduce our other guest, Jack, whilst you have a quick fiddle around and see if there's any setting or any wire that got dislodged. If not, you might have to do a taco reboot, and uh, and we'll see you in half an hour. There, she's gone. She's gone. She's gone to reboot. We've got to see her on the other side. Uh, let's put her back in. There we go. Let's hope we can hear her now. But whilst we figure that out. Can you hear me? 
Oh, yes. All right. Well, Great. Jack, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> Rachel's back. Uh, how are you doing, Rachel? Nice to have you with us. I'm good. It's, it's where bright and early here. Where are you exactly here. at the moment? Yeah, it's where are you? It's bright and early here in Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> I, I always have to apologize to our North American guests because it always is stupid o'clock. I'm going to do the, the proper introduction. Rachel Winchester, or Win. she's a product designer focused on elevating the arts and cultural industries. She works full-time as a UX product designer at Digital Cube, as you can see on the screen, focusing on their WordPress products, client websites, and other initiatives for their users and communities. Additionally, as a freelancer, she works works one-to-one with entrepreneurs and small businesses to help them realize their goals and solve their problems. She's very active in the WordPress community, organizing the Philly Meetup and the New Jersey Meetup groups, as well as an organizer for this summer's WordCamp Montclair. I have to confess, I've not heard of Montclair. Can you tell, is that close to Philly or is that a bit further away? It is a New York City suburb. Um, yeah, so we're, we're expecting some of the New York audience uh, to come to Montclair, uh, but oh, it's, it's, it's in North Jersey, um, maybe like a 15 minute drive from Newark, if you know where that is. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the Montclair meetup, in-person meetup, uh, joined forces with all of the other Jersey meetups for um, COVID. So there's this mega meetup called the Jersey Press Meetup, and that's virtual. Uh, and most of the Jersey Press meetup organizers are also organizers for WordCamp Montclair. So it really feels like all of New Jersey's WordCamp. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. You do a lot, by the way. Uh, Taco was giving you a bit of a round of applause. I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah, well done. That's a, that's a boatload of stuff. I appreciate all of, the, all of your efforts. Let's see, if, um, let's see if Jack's equipment is working. He put in the show notes that he wasn't quite sure if he could see us. Can you see us and hear us? Everything's... Hard time now. Yeah. Oh, he's all right, yeah. No, Jack, Jack has the rare, the rare quality that he's from the UK. Nobody apart from me is ever from the UK on this show anymore, not since we lost Paul Lacey. But Jack, Jack has a very short and simple biography. I'll read it out and then we'll find out a little bit more. Jack's biography is four words. It says, product manager at LearnDash. Tell us a bit about that, Jack. What's LearnDash? We all know, right? But tell us anyway. Yeah, LearnDash is the most popular LMS system for WordPress and one of the very few that constantly ranks in Capitera's um, top LMS systems, regardless of being for WordPress. Nice. Um, my day-to-day, I manage our engineering team, which is always fun and interesting. And I think most of the recent hires will be my own friends. So... <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we're not in an office because we'd mostly all just sit there throwing plastic darts at each other's heads or having water gun battles. (laughs) Well, when the CEO's away, Taco can tell us more about that in a minute. Um, Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have the this Taco. Forgive me. It's very nice to have the two new people. That's always really nice. And obviously, Taco, it's an absolute pleasure to have you along as well. Just a couple of captions to throw at you. Um, If you want to go and share this with your friends. Yeah, we have fairly a fair few people coming live. It's mainly about recording the audio for tomorrow's podcast. But if you do want to share this, stop what you're doing. Put it down. Put it down and go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Then copy and paste that uh, and send it off to Twitter or to Mastodon or to Facebook or wherever you send things off to. Go and share it and let's see if we can swell the numbers. If you're joining us and you want to comment, that would be lovely. We try to get as many of those comments on the screen as we can. 
If you're going to the WP Builds page, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash live, you need to be logged into Google because it's YouTube comments. If you're in the Facebook group, you need to give us a bit of permission. Otherwise, we don't know who you are. We just get a blank, you know, the generic avatar, which looks very boring, and we don't get your name. If you want to amend that and let us know who you are, you have to go to this highly memorable URL, chat.restream.io forward slash FB. Yep. You heard it here first, chat.restream.io forward slash FB. You'll be saying that to yourself all night. And if you put that URL in, they'll, they'll say, can we can we have your avatar? Can we have your name? And uh, personally, I decline, but don't tell anybody that. We're going to carry on with the show, and we're going to talk about WordPressy things. Just a couple of things first. Let's say, some, say hello to some people who've made the effort to show up. Hello, Max. Nice to have you with us. Uh, Rob Cairns joining us, as he always does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start referring to Rob as Reliable Rob because he's always here on time every single week, and uh, I really do appreciate him. If you don't know, uh, Rob Cairns has got his own fine podcast, uh, and you can go and Google that a bit later. Right, let's get stuck into it. Uh, let me share my screen. This is us. Ooh, let me hide that. This is us, wpbuilds.com. There's our website. Go and explore things. Click buttons, go to links, subscribe to things. That's my pitch. The next thing to mention is we've got a show this week with the lovely Pete Chineri. We're going live. Oh, my goodness, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow, 2 p.m. No, it's not. It's 3 p.m. UK time. Pete is a UI UX guru. She would probably hate me saying that, but there she is. And she's going to dissect a couple of user-generated websites. People have been sending things in um, that they would like her to have a look at. So if you fancy doing that, you can go to this page and sign up, and then we will keep you updated and hopefully get your stuff on the show. And we'll be live right here in 25 hours time. If you like the darker side of the internet, they used to call them dark patterns. Now they've renamed it. It's now called deceptive design, apparently. You know those little things where the the, the continue button is sort of made all green and lovely and the skip is out grayed out so that you have to, you know what I'm talking about. That's called deceptive design. And we're after examples of that so that we can name and shame people. So feel free to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash UI, fill out that form, and hopefully we'll air some of the content that you've created. Right, enough of me droning on. Let's get stuck into WordPressy stuff. We have a new version of WordPress in beta. As you can see on the screen, it's WordPress 6.0 beta, beta. I don't know how you say it. I say beta because I'm from the UK. Um, what do you say, Jack? I would say it the same as you, but I now say it the American way because everyone always used to laugh at me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> loads of words like that. I've sort of given up saying it the, the English, the British English way, and I say it that way. Anyway, here we go. Beta 2. Um, I have nothing really to add. I just if you're into, into contributing to WordPress, now is the moment. If you want to help WordPress's future, there are 209 tickets um, in WordPress 6. There's 110 new features and enhancements. There's things around the block editor, the patterns rest they API. There's no news here except that it, there's a new beta too. And if you want to go and help, go and read the post. I will put it into the show notes. So we'll just quickly move on. Sorry, everybody. We're just going to crack on. Anne McCarthy, who is the most busy person on earth, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, honestly, where is Anne not in the WordPress space? If you open up any article, Anne is being mentioned. She's, um, she's looking for to, for help 
and there's a great laundry list of things that she needs help with. She's trying to improve the accessibility of WordPress 6.0, and the post is over at Make wordpress.org and i'll link to it in the show notes and if you're looking at the screen it's just called make uh, sorry wordpress 6.0 accessibility improvements and there's a laundry list of general improvements look at that on the screen there's probably about 20 things which they need help with maybe more like 30 there's things which need helping out with the navigation block blocks in general the list view needs a bit of makeover the media the quick bulk edit feature the login registration theme basically if there's there's, sounds like every bit of WordPress needs a bit of accessibility work and she needs some help. So go to that piece. And I was wondering, Jack, and I was wondering, Taco, how how much effort you guys put into accessibility these days in terms of Yoast, the plugin, and Learn Dash, the plugin. Are you there yet? Are you like 100% or are you more on the journey towards I'm not sure 100% is achievable. Uh, I think there's always room for improvement. There's always uh, more that we can do to make sure that everyone can use the product. Um, but yeah, Andrea Fercia is on our team. Uh, he's an Italian accessibility expert and also um, uh, doing a lot for WordPress core and accessibility. And uh, let's just make say that just his presence makes all our developers think about accessibility all the time because they everyone knows that he'll get mad at you for nothing <laughs> that's what you He's need a nice guy, don't get me wrong but yeah, yeah it's uh no it's super important and um i mean seo for everyone means seo for everyone and not seo for everyone who can use a mouse and a keyboard Nice. Good answer, Taco. It's almost like you'd rehearsed that. That was brilliant. Um, Jack? We're definitely on the journey at Landash. It's been a big focus of ours. Um, maybe a little hint is that we're completely redoing the template set so they can be accessible. Um, part of our struggle at Landash is in the essence that the theme also impacts accessibility. Mm. Um, you know, you need the theme to be accessible because the content's going on the page. So, there's still aspects where, you know, you can be as accessible as you can be and then the theme just ruins it for your product. <laughs> so we have some themes that we recommend and we know we work with good people. Um, Cadence, for instance, you know, they work a lot on accessibility stuff, um, which are also part of Stellar WP. Um, and it's really something that we want to do. You know, Yoast have been great themselves. I've had a lot of feedback directly from Yoast on accessibility stuff that they passed over that we're working on um and yeah i can't wait to show everyone what we've been working on because it takes a long time to do accessibility it's not yeah it's not quick it's not easy but it's an area that we want to invest in and it is an area that we are investing in because everyone should be able to learn online regardless of their requirements Another like well-formulated answer. I don't know what's happening on this show today. It's two so far. Let's see if the third one, let's see if Rachel can keep up the spirit. Rachel, as a, as a person who's into UI and UX and building client websites, has this become a more of a feature of your builds over the last, because it feels to yeah. me as if, as if it's a big talking point now and it has been for the last 24, 48 months. Yeah. I'm just yeah, going to throw this one at you. Yeah. Is- Accessibility is huge. I mean, as a user experience designer, 
our users are, are people, real people of all types, all types. Our users are also sometimes robots. Um, when I think about SEO and how I have to design for, for um, robots as well, but they're mostly people. Uh, so with my um, freelance stuff and uh, with the work at Digital Cube, um, I think about accessibility just as, as, just as I think about all of our normal users. Do you, do you have it as part of the process right from the start when you're building a website? Or, or is it the kind of thing that you tackle, let's say, 70 80% in? So you've done the design, you've laid things out, you've got your fonts and color palette and all of that sorted. and You're basically nearly there. And do you yeah. then concentrate or are you doing it all from the get-go? Well, I, I mostly focus on the UX part and the research part. So I, I keep it in mind when, when, I, do, when I do that work. Uh, and I work with another designer um, so, who is also a lot more aware of accessibility issues. But all of our work goes to um, an accessibility specialist consultant afterwards. So we don't work like hand in hand with him as we're making the designs, uh, but we have to be aware of some of those um, best practices. And then afterwards, it'll be checked by a specialist. It kind of feels to me that the, our ecosystem has matured so much, and maybe just the internet in general, that so there's there's taco and you've got a whole industry of people who just do seo look there's the seo guy obviously you're employing an accessibility person i don't know if that taco is their only role but they've got that hat and and but then we've also got like the the learning management system ecosystem we've got uh, the and it feels to me like you could actually make a career these days in being an seo being a LMS person or being, I pointed the wrong way there, or being a an accessibility person. I know in the UK, there's quite a few people who are having that as a little bit of a niche for themselves. They are an, an accessibility guru, if you like, a nerd, and they go out and they go to word camps and they teach people the tools to use, the legislation which needs updating and the things that you've got to do. So what, what how is it that a, a tiny sliver of the internet, WordPress, can have its own tiny little slivers, SEO, accessibility, whatever it might be. And they're all viable careers. It speaks to a, a giant ecosystem. Um, I'm just going to put Anne's piece back up. So she really does, by the looks of it, need an awful lot of help. If you can see this on the screen, apologies if you're listening to the audio of this, but um, there are absolutely loads of things which need addressing. I'll just read a few out to give you a gist of some of the things. Under general, we've the use the post title as the featured image alt text when linked to the post. That needs looking at. Um, ensure that blocks with a placeholder setup have their description ready read by voiceover. That needs looking at. The navigation block is identifiable with area label using the menu name field. You get the idea. We're into the the nitty gritty, the weeds of what needs fixing. And if you're at all into accessibility, then this really would be, I think, a great place for you to spend a bit of your time. It's on make.wordpress.org and it will be in the show notes. All right. Yeah, and I would even argue, Nathan, that if you're not into accessibility, uh, but you are a developer, definitely do dive in because, of course, you'll learn a ton uh, because you'll be working with Anne. Um, but also because it helps you in your future projects, in your future builds as a developer uh, to think about more of these sometimes really small issues, things that you can fix in five minutes. But next time you prevent them 
from needing fixing because you know that it will be a problem later on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And that was, I, I think I misspoke and you corrected me there. Thank you. That was the, that was the right way of phrasing it. Even if you're not particularly into accessibility, yeah, go and go and check it out. Again, check the link in the show notes, but it's on make.wordpress.org. Just go and look up Anne. She is at, she is Anne Zazu, A-N-N-E-Z-A-Z-U. And she's everywhere. I suspect if you go out shopping, Anne will be there. It's quite likely that she's, you know, she'll be doing the till, she'll be vacuuming the shelves, she'll be helping with the tr- everything. She's everywhere. So is Michelle Frechette, who's joining us. Hello, Michelle. Very nice to see you. Thanks for joining us uh, today. That's really nice. And hello, Elliot. Elliot's down the road from me, and he's becoming a, become a regular. Elliot, we sh- Elliot, we should really go for a beer, uh, like we're 10 minutes drive away. It'd be nice to meet up with you in person. Okie dokie, let's move on. This is a section we've never done before, I don't think. And there's three people who are leaving the WordPress space. So it's with a tear in our collective eyes that we talk about these three fine people. Um, We'll just go collectively through them, I think, and talk about what they've meant to us, if indeed they've meant anything. Some of them may be less, less famous for you, but... Two of them, I know, Taco, you're very intimately connected with. So the first one is Chris Lemmer. Chris Lemmer is, well, who hasn't heard of Chris Lemmer, frankly? He's one of those guys that seems to be in all places, a bit like Anne. He, he's written a lot and a lot of helpful tutorials for people over the years. He's decided, as he says in this post, he's decided to move on because it would appear that in all the time that he's been working with WordPress, he's kind of led a bit of a double life, which I didn't know about. He's worked, um, he's, he's been working in the background, I imagine at the weekends and things like that, in ministry, in churches. And although I don't really know the full story and he doesn't flesh it out in great detail, it would appear that he's been offered an opportunity in that arena that he feels he can't really pass up. He's been helping out, I mean, I'm guessing, Jack, that you know um, Chris pretty well. He, he, hey, is he even? Is he your boss? I don't know how that works. Yeah, he was. My is boss. he? <laughs> oh, great. Uh, well, you can spill the beans then. Um, he's he's moving on. It looks like to carry on that side of his life. You know, maybe maybe time has come. I don't really know. Is there anything? Is there anything there, Jack? Anything that you know that didn't make it into this article? That's public knowledge that'd be nice to know. No, I don't think so. I think just the main thing to know is that Chris is a great leader. Um, he was an amazing boss. It wasn't a very long time. I think it was six months uh, after Liquid Web acquired Landash that uh, Chris was my boss for. From acquisition, he oversaw that and right through to this very point. Um, but fantastic guy. Very, very funny. Always has a story or 50 to tell. Um, and yeah, just all around a great guy. Well, I I genuinely didn't know that he had that kind of um, pastoral side to him. I just I just knew him as the WordPress guy. Uh, I didn't for, have a clue. We, yeah, I yeah. don't think many of us had a clue. We all read it and we was wait. Chris, Chris like has this side to him. Was like the other Chris Lemmer. Yeah, yeah. Which one? <laughs> which one? Uh, and I guess that's that's part of it, really. And and he makes the point in the article that if you've ever seen him at a WordCamp, he's he's quite good at he's quite good at laying out things as a story. He's, he's, you know, he doesn't do the, here's a presentation, here's some code, let's let's run through the code and how it works. He's more like, let's let's lay out a nice story for you. And he begins in that way. And then he then you realize that he's told you about a problem and, and here's how he might fix the problem. 
Um, and obviously he's got that side which has been built up through many years of delivering and writing sermons, it would appear. Um, do you know exactly what this role is? Because he, 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 he didn't make it obvious, I, well, at least I didn't pick up on it anyway. I just know that he's going off to do that. It seems like he's re-met somebody from his past who offered him this position and yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know the specifics of the role. I just know it's in the AI field in that area. Um, but it sounded like an interesting opportunity and it's something that Chris is very, very passionate about. So we're all pleased with him at Liquid Web. We're sad to see him go. Um, it was a bit of sweet email when our CTO sent me out to say that Chris is leaving. Uh, obviously all very excited for Chris, very sad for us. Um, but we will keep annoying him in Slack. <laughs> he can't escape us that easily. <laughs> I'd be really surprised if if there's many people who've been around in the WordPress space for any length of time who haven't not not literally bumped into him, but haven't you know come across his website, read an article. He was really big on kind of membership solutions and things back in the day, writing comparisons and downloading them all, buying them all, checking them all out and writing lists with lots of charts about what it did and what it didn't do and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know if he's been doing that more recently, but that was my introduction to Chris. It was all about the membership sites. And if you Google membership sites, WordPress, I'm just pretty sure that Chris's, Chris's uh, stuff will come up. Taco, you got any experience with Chris? Do you ever meet him, hang out with him? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, quite a few occasions, um, I'm, I'm happy to say. Uh, at the first Yoastcon, uh, he gave a presentation, um, and I think pretty much you'll be able to recognize everyone who's there. Um, when you say hope is not a strategy, everyone will think about Chris. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the way that, yeah, like you just said, his storytelling way of presenting um, oftentimes, matching his T-shirt to his presentation uh, is is definitely amazing. Um, I've had some, uh, yeah, personal time with him at several events, just talking about WordPress and and life. And I think he's very famous for the Cable Press event that you're currently uh, scrolling into, um, which is happening again uh, this year. Um, and I'm, I was trying to find it, but I, I can't uh, just now. But someone was saying uh, that Cabo Press, which is a sort of an event for uh, entrepreneurs, um, will be even more fun now you're, you don't have to be afraid that Chris is going to buy your company. <laughs> that's a good idea yeah it says here um it says my carbocast conference will continue so i don't know if that means it'll carry on because one's already organized or if it means it's just going to keep rolling over but you always see on twitter that laundry list of people standing on the steps that have been to carbo press who's ha who've had a nice time um yeah thank you for sharing those thoughts Taka. that's really nice rachel do you know chris you ever bumped into chris met chris read chris's stuff I definitely see him around Twitter and I've seen his blog posts around. Um, I'm also, I'm kind of still new in the WordPress community. Like I've only been um, doing this for maybe three years now. And uh, sometimes it's hard to remember everyone that I've met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to, um, what was it called? State of the Word uh, in person last December. That It was in the offices in, in Soho. And I might have met him there. I have to ask, forgive me, this is really impolite. Do, 
the the back the backdrop of that event was was COVID. There was a lot of talk about COVID. I hope you managed to stay safe. Um, I hope it was all all right after the the fact, and you you didn't you know it wasn't one of those super spreader events. So I'm not really asking you a question. I'm just saying I hope everything was all right. Um, but thank you for sharing that as well. He does say he says that after more than twenty. I'm just going to verbatim read off the screen because I think it's quite nice. You get some context. After more than twenty five years of having a tech day job and ministry orientation in the evenings and weekends, I'm shifting a role to where I bring both. To, together in a daily way. Now, I I don't know how some people manage this. So Chris writes lengthy blog posts. He runs all sorts of things over at Stella WP, including Learn Dash. And then, you know, just in the evening, just sort of have a totally different thing that I'm doing. Some people, where do I get the energy? Ay, ay, ay. But you'll be sadly missed, Chris. I hope, you, um, I hope you keep coming back into the WordPress community. We're not done, though. We've got two more people to... To, well, we're not waving goodbye at all to the next one in the WordPress community. Sounds like he's going to step up the WordPress game, but it's changing focus, shall we say. And this is, yeah, it's Remkus. Remkus is often on this show. He's one of the co-hosts, like Taco is. And he's he's moving. He's been at Servebolt, which is a, a hosting company. He's been there for the last couple of years. Sounds like they're doing really well. So it's not for those reasons that he's moving on. He just said, essentially, it's time. He just he says, with a heavy heart, um, saying goodbye to Servebolt. It's people, it's products and services. They're very much al- aligned with many of my goals. But after a good run of over two years, I find myself, I found myself in a position where I needed change, change into a direction that was more aligned with me, um, where I wanted to be a whole and not just some parts. It says they've split up super amicably. And here's an insight into what he's going to be doing. He says he's going to start refocusing on his WordPress agency. I guess that must have taken a bit of a backseat. He's going to take some time off um, both the, to reboot his Dutch site as well as his English alternative. He's going to be focusing on performance, scalability, e-commerce, and building cool stuff. He's going to rejuvenate his newsletter. And he's also going to start a podcast now (laughs) we're actually having a conversation tomorrow and i'm going to i'm going to tell him how to podcast but i'm going to tell him everything incorrectly so that it's a total disaster but don't tell him that uh you never know you might be listening to this now and that would be his probably yes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah let's let's see at the end of the call yeah that would be funny um but yeah Remkus, obviously, I think of all the three of us on the panel, I'm going to guess that Taco, you know him best of all. Um, He's coming back. It looks like he stepped away from WordPress. He's coming back into WordPress, right? He was a big part of the Yoast community for years. If you've... um, Only nice things, please. (laughs) Yes. No, uh, all the good things about Remkus. Um, uh, I mean, the first time I, I met the guy, and trust me, once you meet him in person, you never forget. Because he's like tall, and yeah, he's like that. <laughs> strong. Yeah. Um, so it's, he's really a big person and not easily missed. Um, but he's he's the friendliest giant you'll ever meet. And uh, yeah, he was uh, organizing WordCamp Europe, the very first one. He was one of the founders of WordCamp Europe, uh, and that's where I first met him. Um, and then when we started organizing a local WordPress meetup, he was uh, one of the first speakers at the meetup. And yeah, I've interacted with him a lot 
co-organized events and uh, I'm I'm very happy to see that he is moving to a place where he can do what he uh, really likes again uh, even though I know he had the best time at Surfbolt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Nothing. You can tell me all the bad stuff when we've clicked the stop button, you know, and uh, yeah. Uh, maybe after a few drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is massive. He's really, I remember seeing him at WordCamp Europe. That was the first time I ever met him. And I, I was stood on some stairs at the time. And he was taller than me. <laughs> And uh, and every so often, me and Paul Lacey get onto like we use Signal to chat with each other, and we we comment that oh look, Remkus has released another video of throwing heavy objects over tall things. At the weekend, he likes to lift heavy weights and just throw them in the air. It's uh, yeah. it's it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I Jack think he's actually competing in a strongman competition soon. His his first one ever, but yeah, it's insane. If you follow him on on Instagram. Uh, you'll see some videos, things that are not humanly possible. Yeah, so, so we've got Chris, who's got a sideline in preaching. We've got Remkus, who's got a sideline in being really strong. Um, Jack or Rachel, do you know? Do, do you, maybe you don't know Remkus. I don't know. It's a quote well, I met running him with... at WordCamp London, nice. uh, whenever the last one of that was, before the pandemic. 2019, I think it was, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, I was there with uh, Mal Poet and... Um, Remkus and Kim, the CEO of Malpoet, they were they were talking, we was all talking, and it was like a two hour conversation. Absolutely great guy. And yeah, incredibly tall. Like I'm pretty tall, like I'm like six three. And I'm pretty large, and then Remkus just standing next to me and made me look like I'm yeah. tall. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a spectacle. Um Rachel, I don't, I don't know if I've you know Remkus. Him. I don't think I've met him. I would no. think I would have remembered meeting someone like you that. You would. You would remember the the gentle giant that is Remkus to be. He's going to be back on the show in like a couple of weeks' time, so we can get the lowdown and and um, you know figure out uh, figure out how his new life is going. But it's always nice when people make a decision. I think it's really brave. I think throwing stability um, in you know throwing it into the rearview mirror and going for your dreams and trying to do things for yourself for your family is is always very brave. So joking aside. You know, good luck, Remkus. I hope that whatever you are taking on really works out for you. So that's two of our three. We've got a third one. Now, I think, Taco, this is totally over to you because you're going to know this person better than just about anybody, I would have thought. Tell us about this. Yoast, yeah. from my perspective, Yoast has been moving around. He's been dotting around for the, like the last three or four years trying to Trying to figure out where he fits in the in the scenario. So he worked for, well, I was going to say automatic. I don't know if he did work for automatic, nope. but he worked for the WordPress nope. project, yeah, um, for a little while, and then he came back and he, you know, Marika took over at Yoast and so on. And where are we at with him? It looks like he's doing a final proper farewell. Um, not entirely. Okay, uh, but mostly, yeah. So, um. Yoast is obviously the founder of uh, of Yoast. Um, this is highly confusing, I know, uh, but um, it, it was it started out as a as a one man company with just Yoast de Valk, and and it grew over time into the well 150 160 people company that we are now, um, and he's always been involved for the longest time as CEO uh, until Marika took over. A CEO. Then he was still the chief product officer, uh, so he was still very much involved with Yoast. Uh, 
Uh, and last year, Yoast was sold to Newfold. And uh, that gave Yoast a chance to, um, well, also take a look at where where I am, am I at and what do I want to do in the future? And he decided, um, well, fairly recently that his future is not as an employee at Yoast, um, but as an external consultant. So we'll still get to uh, uh, use all of his expertise uh, regularly because he'll be in quite often, but not in a in a uh, employee role at Yoast anymore, uh, which is a huge, huge thing for him and for us. How, forgive me for prying into the internal workings of Yoast, when you've got a founder, I mean, really, like, not only not only is the company named after him, but I mean, it really was started by him. In fact, I can barely, I literally can't think of another firm whose founder is the name of the company. The whole thing is tied around him. How's how's it? How's how are you guys taking this? Is it kind of like bittersweet? You know, you're happy for him on the one hand, but like, come back, Yoast, on the other. Well, I think that um, until 2015, 2016. Uh, Yoast and Yoast was pretty much the same. Uh, we had it, of course, it was already a company and we had people working at Yoast, but it was all uh, supporting what he was doing. Since yeah, late 2015, early 2016, uh, there's been quite a shift already uh, because it was no longer sustainable to have everything built around a single person. So We've been working towards um, hiring people, but also educating people to take on all the different roles and, and to sort of already slowly fill Yosa's shoes. So it's been a process for years. And I can confidently say that we're now um, able to actually take over and to, uh, to continue to grow Yoast the company. Uh, because we know enough about SEO, we are, we as a company are expert in the field. We know WordPress well enough to build onto WordPress, and we'll still have him as backup. That's nice. That's kind of like the best of all worlds, isn't it? Did you say a hundred and fifty people? Yep. Good grief! I didn't know there was that much SEO in the whole world <laughs> alone at one. That's that's yeah. remarkable. All over, right? Just not just in yes. that office where you are. Yeah, just distributed roughly, all over. Yeah, roughly a hundred people are local to Wigan, where our offices are, and uh, the rest of them is uh, remote, so spread across the world. Man alive, 150 people. That's huge. Um, right, so there we go. I, I don't know if you guys over there want to share your stuff. I've never met Yoast. He, he never came on the show. Uh, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> but, have, have you invited him? No. <laughs> he was like, he's like one of those characters. It's like me inviting Matt Mullenweg onto the show. It's a bit like, I'm a bit scared. I don't, yeah. I don't, invite, don't invite Yoast. Just like with Matt, you just yeah. should. Just I I should yeah. that'd be hysterical one day just bringing Matt Mullenberg onto the screen with Yoast and who else I don't know but um, yeah Chris Lemmer maybe we could do yeah. that trifecta um, yeah well I'm I'm really pleased to hear that it's all very amicable um, so this is the, the story that we've put there is if you want to register for a a webinar which yeah, is happening so tomorrow 
yeah tomorrow will um i i okay it's a bit of joking say our final goodbyes which is not really final goodbyes as i just explained but um we're going to celebrate everything that yoast did for yoast the company um and you probably wouldn't expect it but he hates to be the center of attention so this is going to be brilliant <laughs> and yeah if you want to be part of it just uh register show up and and it will be so much fun so you can go to uh, yoast.com forward slash webinar. Um, I'm guessing if you click that, you maybe get to an archive and it'll be the latest one. But it's, it's, yeah. um, it is called SEO News Webinar and Goodbye Yoast. Uh, it's happening tomorrow at 4 p.m. CEST, which is 10 a.m. Uh, EDT. So go and sign up for that. Uh, I don't know if Jack or Rachel have got anything to add to that. If not, Rachel, I'll move on to your You've dropped dropped a piece into the into the news feed just just then. Should we go for that one? Let's do that one. Um, Rachel, who what who's this one? I confess I don't know about this one, but we found another person. We, we added a fourth person. This is is this Ebony Butler? Have I said that right? Yeah, Ebony is one of the lead engineers for WordPress five point nine. So she worked on um, the full site editor and that whole big project um, with the rest of the all-female engineering team. I have to say, you dropped me the URL, and I, that is the coolest homepage ever. It's yeah. really <laughs> subtle. Uh, you, if you're looking at the screen, it's like a cartoon. She's obviously had a cartoon drawn, and there's a few little things going on, like the uh, like the little twinkly lights are twinkling, but you don't really <laughs> notice. And the computer screen is scrolling code, and there's a cat waving. It's it, that's sublimely cool. I really like that. So she's moving on. To, what's she doing now? Did you say? Yeah. So she was an engineer at an agency called Yikes in Philadelphia, and she's moving on to be a lead engineer at Penske Media. Okay. Well, I confess um, it's not somebody that I'm acquainted with, but thank you um, for letting us know about that. Did you want to? Did you want to? Yeah, you should on, invite her. her. You should invite her to the show as well because she's yeah. doing amazing stuff and she's really an amazing software engineer. Mm -hmm. I have and my... also, I'd like to say in the in the community world, um, she leads the WordPress Women of Color group. Uh, it's mostly on Slack, and we have virtual hangouts every week, every month. Um, so if you identify as a WordPress woman of color, uh, look out for her or for me and, and join our group. If for some reason, Taco and uh, Rachel, if I forget by, by the end of the show after we've clicked stop, will you remind me and I'll try and see if I can figure out some details because I would definitely like to have her on after everything that you've just said. But uh, good luck, uh, Ebony, in your new uh, venture. Right. Let's move on. There's our four people. It was supposed to be three, and then we snuck Ebony in at the end. Thank you for that, Rachel. That's really cool. The I, I just want to mention a couple of things. There's no news around this. Um, unfortunately, this video will no longer play in my browser. But I really, this is me just giving a bit of a, a hat tip to learn.wordpress.org. If you go to uh, wordpress.org, you'll see like fourth menu along. You've got plugins, themes, patterns, learn. Um, there's a whole boatload of interesting tutorials. This one caught my attention. It's about the difference between reusable blocks, block patterns, templates, and template parts. And I, I had various things that I wanted to show, but I can't because it won't play for reasons that I don't quite understand. But 
I'm just saying, if if there's any bits of the project, especially the new stuff around Gutenberg and the roadmap and all of the new features coming out, make make your way over here and start to consume the content. You know, I think this is just such a fabulous project. We haven't really had anything like this. When I was trying to learn WordPress, it was like Google and cross your fingers. Um, and, you know, the amount of time that I wasted doing all of that. Now there's dedicated tutorials written explaining everything, all the new concepts and what have you. And this was just one that I found curious. There's no real benefit to this one in particular. But like I said, if you click on learn.wordpress.org, you've got workshops, lesson plans. There's absolutely loads of stuff in there. And you can get involved yourself, as it says on the screen, um, and see if you can contribute. I don't know if any of you guys are into all this sort of stuff, but I just wanted to give them a bit of a shout out. So I'll open it to you three. Interrupt as you see fit. Yeah, I think uh, we shouldn't ask Jack which uh, LMS uh, <coughs> learners you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. or, which, or which SEO plugin <laughs> from you either. <laughs> yeah, well, if only a SEO plugin. But yeah, anyone would be better than what we currently have at the dork. <laughs> the um it's just such a fabulous load of stuff and they're they're being made they're totally freely available um hopefully i'm going to be doing a podcast episode with courtney robinson later this week and we're going to dig into what this project is all about but free video tutorials about wordpress what can you what can you possibly dislike so learn.wordpress.org it's not new it's not a news item but i just wanted to mention it in case you'd never heard of it before right okay this is our wp drama piece You've got to have a wp drama piece each and every week this this is actually the antithesis of a drama it's like it's this is the fix for a drama hopefully i can't remember what it was what the actual news story was but last year i think it was it may have been the year before i can't really remember there was a plugin which was bought and it was sold to somebody new, and the new owner of that plugin, I'm scratching my head trying to think what it was, and I cannot remember. It was an image avatar plugin, right? And then it turned <sighs> into a full blown like profile. Build. Yes, that rings a bell. But that I think you're right. Tools or something, and then yes, it, like, just added loads of stuff people didn't want, and added. Yeah, like, so yeah. it started off as a really simple plugin which did one thing, and I think it it was to do with avatars. I think you're right. It doesn't really matter what it was. It was just it did this one thing. It got bought, and then the new owner decided, do you know what? I'm just going to totally radically change it and make it into something completely new with a load of other new features and i think it was some sort of like membership system bolted up <laughs> you know it did one tiny little thing and all of a sudden it was a full-blown membership system and and up until that point i don't really know that this had been a bit of a problem for wordpress plugins kind of tend to tend to get developed and then once they've gone a bit stale they sort of drop off the repository people stop installing them nobody talks about them anymore or now that we're in this marketplace where there's a lot of value in WordPress plugins, if you've got thousands of active installs, well, there's a there's a route to profitability. You could sell it. Of course, the idea would always be that you'd sell it and the person taking it off your hands would at least do something vaguely similar. But there's no rules around that. You can buy it off somebody and do whatever you like, it would seem. No longer um, is the thought. So this is a piece. It's written by Justin Tadlock. It's on WP Tab, and it's called Plugin Directory Limits Ownership and Committer Changes on Official, Featured, and Beta 
plugins. So basically, they're trying to put a stop to that, making it so that it says plugin owners can still manually add or remove support reps for their plugin in the directory. However, they must email the plugin review team to change ownership or commit access. In other words, there's this extra layer. You can't just sort of get it. You, you, if you want to hand it over to somebody, you need to go through this extra hoop. And, and although this is a bit of a, well, not a storm in a teacup, it's just unlikely to happen to you, fingers crossed. But it was something that I think needed addressing. I mean, you imagine. Well, imagine. Go on, Taco. Yeah, it's only for featured uh, and beta plugins. That's so the bit that I didn't get. Very, yeah, very limited set of plugins that is affected by this like change. Fifteen out of fifty-nine thousand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So far, is this though? Is it just that they're trying it out and they need some things to test it on? Do you think that's probably what's going on, and they just need to see how it works, or is this is this the limitations of it that scope in general? I can imagine that doing this for 59,000 plugins uh, isn't really viable because then the plugins team would need to approve manually approve every change of committer to every plugin out there. Mm. So I don't expect that we can expect this for all plugins. Um, at the same time, it might make sense for like the plugins that have more than two or three million active installs because they have the, the user base to really hurt WordPress in, in a single change. Yeah, so I don't know how many featured plugins there are in total, but you're saying the number, it's, we're in the region of about 15 or something like that. And I, th I think that's that's a really... That's a really good point. You know, like Yoast, for example, I don't know what you're at now. It stops at 5 million and you're at plus 5 million. So we've no idea what that number is, but it's a big number. Yeah, if somebody were to purchase Yoast and then start to do nefarious things and bad things on the back end, it would be good to put some sort of um, thing in place. I think you're right, Taco. I think it would be ridiculous to try and expect 59,000 plugins. Having said that, I don't know what, I have no insight or even or even intuition as to what the churn rate for plugin ownership or commits is. Maybe it's maybe it's hundreds a day, thousands a day, in which case it's a probably a complete waste of time trying to keep up with that. Um, but if if you are big and you have the capacity to hurt, if should something go wrong, then yes, that sort of seems to make sense. But anyway, to be fair, I mean, there's better ways to secure WordPress. I mean. Um, any account that has commit access to whatever plugin should probably have some two-factor authentication at some point. So I think there's easier things that we can do to keep WordPress and WordPress accounts safe. Yeah, I think just was it Justin that wrote this, or was it? Yeah, it was Justin that wrote. This. He made that point, didn't he? He said. Um... Well, I think he made that point. I have a memory of him saying something like that. But it's only 15 plugins at the moment. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if anything is is stopped. But there was a problem. It was on a much smaller scale than than these ones. But I guess it's a good place to start. Maybe they can work on these very, very large ones and then trickle down if they figure out some sort of automated way of doing it or they actually discover that it's not that difficult. There's not that many changes going on. Um, we seem to have lost Jack, or at least we've lost the picture of Jack. I don't know if Jack's still yeah. there. Hello, Jack. Hello. Well, Jack, uh, let us know in the in the private chat that uh, he needs to let his wife in because she forgot her key. 
<laughs> that's that's a great excuse. I like it. I'm going to do the same in a few minutes. I'm just going to go and uh, open the door to my wife or something like that. I'll just leave you to it. You can chat. Um, anything well, on that, Rachel? Yes. <laughs> anything on that, Rachel? I I just think that was a, a interesting story that you that you shared. That was the first time I I even thought of um, a, a plugin developer taking over an old plugin and, and changing it like that i've never even thought of that happening and it really was quite a spectacular um alter alteration it, it really was a situation where the plugin i think enabled you to to replace the default avatar with something else not gravatar mm. so you could upload something from somewhere i think that's literally all it did and then in the stroke of on the stroke of midnight on one particular everybody woke up and they had a membership plug-in <laughs> installed as well at the same time he's back he's answered the door <laughs> that's great uh yeah you can't help normal life getting in the way but uh thank you for letting Just us lucky know. the lifts were working the other day. oh yeah well that oh. is yeah he has to walk all the way down all the way back up. yeah falling uh, flight the stairs i would come back and i'd be sweating <laughs> we we were just um we were just talking about this. I don't know if you've got anything on this one, Jack. This is the the plugin ownership swap problem and how it's being addressed. Don't know how much of that you caught because, in all honesty, I didn't catch when you went. But anything to add? I think I would just add. Like I know Collins who done this That's particular one, who it was. and he is genuinely a great guy. And I just think he made maybe a, a not so great decision in changing it in the manner he did, but. I think we've seen ownership changes be successful before when you make users aware of what's going on and you don't completely change the whole plugin. Like he could have done what he wanted to do as a premium plugin and just left it as the free and it'd be a nice upsell. Uh, I've brought plugins on WordPress to all before myself. I've done the exact same thing. Keep the free as it is, fix the stuff that's broken, introduce a premium version and then you get the best of both worlds because you keep the current users happy and you don't annoy people and you still get a great path into an upsell. Yeah, I think it was he uh, he quickly walked it back, didn't he, on social media and was trying to figure out where he'd where exactly what missteps he'd made along the way. And um, well, he at least created a problem which was fixable. And here we go. Here's a solution for it. Let's see if it trickles down. And, not, um, and just to add a note that we have seen big companies do the same thing before as well. We've seen Awesome Motive a couple of times behind Optin Monster and other plugins where they've brought, um, what was it? They brought the Forms plugin from Themeisle. They brought WPSMTP, I think, and done some things there. Um, they brought one of the SEO plugins and lots of ton of stuff. And, you know, you suddenly get an influx of one-star reviews. So I think it's not just the, you know, the... The people on their own that make the mistakes, big companies can do the same. Mistakes. Well, if you think about it, the the reward is potentially excellent, isn't it? If you're if you're hovering, at, I don't know. Let's say that you've got a plugin and it's a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, two hundred thousand. The temptation is real, right? It's it's not like you've got you've totally got them. And if you can just convert one percent of a million to whatever it is that you're selling at, I don't know, a hundred dollars a year or something. You have to go through the little ethical conversation with yourself, don't you? And if it's, uh, you know, it's human nature sometimes I think gets the better of us. So putting See, these things in place is an interesting. Seems uh, to me he should have uh, consulted with the product manager like Jack. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, we don't want to we don't want to launch um, into him in particular, but at least somebody is addressing it. And I think it was Mika Epstein. So we'll see how this goes. Maybe it'll trickle down in the future. Um, yeah. Okay. That's that one. Let's move on. Let me put up the next one. Oh, by the way, I just want to mention uh, if you if I don't know if you guys have heard of it before, but Ross Wintle has a fabulous uh, Chrome extension. So you can, I think it's, it might be Firefox as well. I don't know. But it's called, it's called, Turb, I'm hovering on it now, waiting for the little modal to pop up. It's called Turbo Admin for WP. Just go and Google that. And, uh, and it adds a couple of things in, one of which is it adds in the ability to, to hide certain admin notices. So you can make, make some things not go away, but be, be visibly gone. They're still there. They're just hidden in this new section. It's a Chrome extension, so it works across all your WordPress websites without you having to install a plugin, and it's very cool. So a hat tip to Ross. I think it's $35 for Pro, and I think it's... You know, there's a free version, but I don't quite know what the free version does because I've got the pro one. Alrighty, let's not do that one because time is running out. I was going to do this unless any of you wanted to talk about the distraction-free mode thing. I will carry on. Nobody's got any interest in that, least of all me. So let's carry on. Right? Okay. <laughs> let's <do laughs> let's let's talk about Google AMP pages. What a what a glorious thing this was. What a moment in history we had. Uh, oh, my goodness. Right. So I don't know if any of you are a user of Brave, the browser. I am. In fact, the screen that you're looking at now is done in the Brave browser. It's basically a Chrome, a Chromium fork, and they've got rid of the googly bits. So I think it phone home, phones home less, and they've got this Shields op mode. They they. they they present themselves as a more, a, a less tracking browser, should we say, with all of the benefits that Chrome brings. I don't know the truth behind that. Anyway, they've taken a stand this week. According to Search Engine Journal, they've now decided that they're going to bypass Google AMP pages. And I quote, Brave Browser will now redirect all AMP links to publisher URLs by default. Stop it, Search Engine Journal. I don't need the modals. Um, and that's the long and the short of it. The article could basically end. There's nothing more to say. If you're using the Brave browser and, and it, somehow you end up on a Google AMP page, now it's going to go, no, 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 no. no we just, can we just have the normal one instead? What, what was all this about? It felt to me like this was all about Google. I could be wrong. Maybe I've misjudged it. But it really did feel that it was about Google owning more of the internet. I, I feel, Taco, you might be the person to... Give us the, the best insight into Google. Anyway, it's gone in brave. Yeah, so um, uh, my colleague Jono is on the AMP advisory board. So I do... You've got to tread carefully now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, I, I don't know all the all the exact details uh, because it's... Well, I, I think it's still quite complicated. Um, but obviously, when seeing this news, I asked for his opinion. And um, let me quickly pull that up because I wish I knew everything by heart. Um, but yeah, so this is specifically for AMP pages, uh, which is uh, what Google was offering as a way to make the internet faster, which was a really nice idea, but not a very good implementation probably. 
Um, uh, but uh, web stories are still huge. Are uh, they? Is that still a? They're oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, wow. that's okay. that's pushed heavily by uh, by Google, and I think um, that AMP email is growing enormously, or at least that's what Jono told me. Um, so I'll just repeat what he said here. <laughs> yeah, blame him if. Uh, <laughs> No, it's it's slightly on the technical side for me, um, but yeah. So I think that the idea behind uh, AMP was brilliant to have a faster internet and to strip out all the bits that you don't need and to serve things faster. Um, but yeah, the implementation was um, or is interesting and has some implications that would lead to people not getting traffic to their own sites and for some reason site owners dislike that <laughs> yeah who could have, who could have seen that coming yeah <laughs> so I, yeah one of the one of the stories which came across my radar this is probably like three or four months ago and i can't remember the provenance of this where this comes from but i have a memory that google were deliberately massaging their search um results to favor AMP pages in an attempt to make them feel more desirable. That feels like it was about three months ago, and it probably came off this website because it's it's one of the few SEO-related websites that I deal with. But it, it just feels well. Oh, Andrew Palmer's put a nice comment in. Let me just um, let me just put that up. He said um, AMP was an attempt to persuade publishers to advertise. In his opinion, um, Rob Cairns has said that personally, AMP has been a waste of time, and that that kind of feels like where I want to pitch my flag as well. It just felt like a big giant corporation had said, "Look, you've all got the internet wrong. How about we do it our way? It's quicker." Yeah great it's a bit quicker i'm sure that's lovely but at the same time let's just let's just pull it over into our ecosystem so that we can get all of the data from that we can gather whatever we want from that and in the effect in the event that it wasn't as successful as they'd hoped they then massage the search engine results in order to um in order to make it appear more successful. I'm in such trouble with Google this week. <laughs> I was going to get sued or something like that. Um, but there you go. Uh, Jack, Rachel, you, you sadly, you know, if you're using Bravery, you're going to shed a tear because you're no longer going to be going to AMP pages. I doubt it. I hate AMP with a passion. Oh, yeah. Like, every time, so... You know, when I'm not land dash, I do consultation work. Um, I have a, a few, a couple of teams that build websites for people and stuff. And every time someone comes to us and says, "Oh, we want AMP," like it's got to be AMP compatible, it's just a nightmare. Every time it's a nightmare without any hesitation. Um, so now I say no. I just say flat no. If you want that, go somewhere else. <laughs> and well, the nice thing for you is you've now got you've now got data to show that a prop it's not big right is it brave really but never mind you've at least saying oh some browsers don't support amp anymore if you say a chromium based browser though people are going to mistake you and think it's chrome so i like it so if you if you deliberately <laughs> misuse the word chromium all right okay, okay. but it's not misuse it's true it's chromium yeah, that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, so they're a nightmare. 
you've you've had no positive experiences with them. My understanding is also they they didn't actually make things particularly faster anyway. They just caused additional work for people like you. They they make it faster if you've got a basic blog. Like so, if people have a basic blog, they have like just written content, some images, nothing fancy. Then it, it worked out pretty well. But as soon as people started getting involved in different things and page builders as well, you know, you start getting involved in trying to make Divi AMP compatible. And yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I had tried once and I will never try again in my life unless you add at least seven zeros to the end of the number in front. <laughs> and yeah, so I think between everything, you know, if you've got, you're using 2022, you're using, you're just writing go for it if you're trying to do anything else then don't bother <laughs> okay yeah i've got it um rachel as a website builder <laughs> do you stray into amp or are you like jackie amp, is, it, is, no. amp is one of those things that i've been comfortably I, i've been able to stay away from my um as like when i build websites on on my own i, I use elementor and as jack just said it's really hard to um to turn elementor site um to make that amp What's the word, the term? Yeah, compatible. Compatible, I think. Yeah, for, but yeah. this is another argument to use uh, the Brave browser, which I've just discovered maybe a month ago. I've just been hearing about it. Um, yeah, I've definitely been using Chrome way too much. So I kind of want to discover this new browser and uh, all the new things that it has to offer, including this. Just be mindful that if you use Brave, lots of things will break <laughs> because their default settings are, yeah, I think it's like they don't allow third-party cookies and things like that. So you have to keep sort of toggling things off and playing, shall we say, until such times as you get it to work. I'll just put the quote up because this sort of sums it up nicely. So Brave's posture is they are more privacy-focused. Again, I can't speak to that. I don't know the technology behind that. But they say AMP harms users' privacy. It's a pretty strident thing to begin with. Uh, users' privacy, security, and internet experience. And just as bad, AMP helps Google further monopolize and control the direction of the web. So the project inside of Brave is called DAMP, and this will protect users by halting the execution of AMP HTML and sending visitors directly to web to publishers' web pages. So basically, if you're using uh, Brave, I don't even think you'll notice if you've got this feature switched on. I don't know if there's a toggle for it or if it's going to be default from now on. But you you probably won't even notice that anything uh, is unusual. You just end up at the, the the person's website, which I would imagine in most cases is more desirable um, anyway. So there we go. There's there's our bit of controversy for the first the first one at least anyway. And then I'm going to throw this one at you. All right, I'm on my high horse this week a little bit. I'm I'm. Giving giving my uh, my opinions on Google, I want to know what your opinions on Web point three point oh Web three, whichever acronym is correct, I can't remember. Um, the more and more that I find about Web three point oh, the less likely I am to be interested in it. I back in the day when Bitcoin was starting, I thought, oh, this is curious. This is really interesting. I quite like the idea of this. And now I, I kind of, everywhere I look, I see, I see things which feel to me like pyramid schemes. I see sort of NFTs and people getting involved in all of that. And I, I personally can't make any sense of any of it. And so it would seem, do some other people, because this is a great website. It's called web3isgoinggreat.com. 
And it's just a list, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and, on and literally on and on of things where it borders on sometimes it borders on you know criminality people have hacked a, a blockchain and they've managed to uh, siphon out loads of money and then there's other things i don't know people promoting crypto for exchanges like binance gave putin regime information on users who donated to opposition leader alex navalny i don't know if that's true or not but the point is this this website is full of the skepticism that i really really like I don't know how well any of you guys follow Web3, but I'm going to open it up. I, mm-hmm. I am staying away from all this. I like my web just normal. <laughs> I don't want any of this stuff in my web. Go away, Web3. What, what do you think? Am I being a bit of a Luddite? I love websites like this that, that poke holes in the big Web3 argument and show how, um, I guess, the execution of, of Web3 ideas um, isn't executed well. Uh, because it shows us all the, the the holes that we need to fix and all the problems that we need to solve uh, moving forward. Because um, Web3, I, I still am on board with the idea of decentralized apps, decentralized organizations, and blockchain being used all over the place. I'm still on board with that idea. Um, but this site is is correct. There's a lot of horrible things going wrong, and there's a lot of misinterpretation and and scams. Um, so the more of the more of that stuff gets, um, we shine a light on. The sooner we can address it and fix it, and work towards like a better Web three. Isn't that, isn't that the point? You say the word scams, and I feel that I feel that so many people are getting caught up in things that there is. I think it's really, really, really difficult to understand the technology underlying all this sort of stuff. And it's, oh, just go and buy something. It'll be fine. Protect it. No, you'll be fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it. You know, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's gone. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, clearly, that wasn't as protected as we thought. There was a really, I'm just going to put this one up. It was. I was going to put it in next week because it only came on my radar earlier today, but I'm going to put it up now. It's on The Verge. Did you see this? There's a beat, there's a, a um a platform called Beanstalk. It's a cryptocurrency project. And they lost $182 million in 14, I think it was, seconds the other day because their rules were not broken. They've set up the system where they will lend you cryptocurrency. So this guy borrowed a billion dollars in cryptocurrency, which gave him 51% of the the compute power on the network. So then he decided to pay himself $182 million, paid back the billion dollars, and in the space of 14 seconds, made himself $80 million richer. Genius. Wow. $182 million. He he borrowed borrowed a billion for 14 seconds. He stole $82 million, but the debt... On the billion that he borrowed in that forty in that fourteen seconds is the difference between the one hundred and eighty and the eighty million, and it's all legit. There's nobody did anything wrong. We <laughs> didn't think of that first. I know, I know, I know, right? So there's that bit. There's that part of the puzzle. But it's just stuff like this. How can this happen? If you went into a bank and somebody had stuck, I mean, you have to do it at gunpoint. They're a criminal. They've broken the law. Maybe this guy will turn out to be a criminal, but they'll never find him. That's the point. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, sorry. I mean, good luck walking into your average bank and even at gunpoint get that amount of money. <laughs> well, no just, just even getting to the counter with some sort of, you know, it's just... But, but the, the, I guess my problem with all of this is that it's being promoted as if it's just, it's legit. It's all been thought through. Don't worry about it. Bring us your money. Bring us your NFTs. Bring us your... and. It just feels like a house of cards. Increasingly, it feels like a house of cards. And I follow the internet pretty closely. I have no idea really how that happened. It's a good story, but that should not be allowed to happen. And yet, apparently, it did. So this whole Web3 thing, uh, obviously, Rachel, you're on the somewhat suspicious side, but not quite as suspicious maybe as me. Yeah, what about a you? lot of improvements need to be made. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Do you want everything decentralized? Do you want everything like that? Or are you happy with your HSBC bank account? Tried and trusted. <laughs> Bricks and mortar. That's what we want. No, I like the technology, but what I've never understood with cryptocurrency is everyone wants to buy crypto now to make a profit. And yet everyone doesn't want it to be the same as cash. You know, everyone says the bankers shouldn't control it, yet they're doing the exact same thing the bankers do in controlling the price and converting cryptocurrency for cash. If you're really into the technology, you don't buy cryptocurrency to turn $1,000 into 10000 You buy it to be the future of decentralized money. And no one follows it in that path anymore, so now it's just another big Wall Street hedge fund, like, absolute load of crap, basically. Can we say that on the podcast? No, it, it's yeah. fine, yeah. It, it, it really does feel to me as if the people who are promoting it very, very heavily at the moment are the people who have a great deal of interest in it working and being successful. And whilst I think the technology is fabulous, you know, the, the blockchain is a really interesting and beautiful idea. Like, it's beautiful, but it, we don't. I don't think we've got got the chops yet to figure out that our assets are protected if we if we go and use a uh, i don't know some sort of repository for bitcoin the only way that i can see that being secure is to sort of have it on a usb stick which is air gapped and buried in a bunker under six inches of concrete otherwise it's totally up for grabs it would seem and i i don't want quite yet to live in that world especially for people like I don't know, people like my parents who wouldn't want to get involved in any of that. They they don't they're not interested. And I know it's not for everybody, but I do wish that maybe the rhetoric around it would be toned down a little bit. And um yes, anyway, I'm going to rename this podcast the Luddites Podcast for people with tin foil hats. Um anyway, Taco, what's your thought on this? Maybe you've got an alternative opinion. Well, not really. I I mean I love a good discussion, but um no, I I think that especially when it comes to cryptocurrency, I still fail to see its use. Um, back in the day when when crypto when Bitcoin was just starting, um, you were able to mine several Bitcoins a day, and I know a friend of mine did, and he put them on uh, a USB stick on the, on a flash drive somewhere. And after moving three or four times, he misplaced that thing no. that it's still no. supposed to have about 30 Bitcoin on it because that was what he could do in a single day back then. Um, another friend of mine uh, uh, once bought his, uh, his chips uh, worth three Bitcoin 
at the time that was about seven and a half euros um that would be different today so the whole bitcoin and and cryptocurrencies i don't understand i do think that for the blockchain there are i mean the, that's the underlying uh, technology there can be useful uh, applications and the only one i've seen in reality so far uh, and that i really dove into is called wordproof yes brilliant great example that's uh oh and i think robert has a nice comment uh but the famous tech podcaster leo laporte yeah. has lost his password password to his wallet yeah and so is his uh, so is his friend steve gibson uh, who mined 50 bitcoins back in the day i actually bought a bitcoin i bought a bitcoin for 27 dollars and i bought a year's worth of vpn with it <laughs> yeah. it's it's now worth as of this moment thirty eight thousand dollars that was the most expensive year of vpn i've ever bought if i just not bought it if i just lazily not bothered that day i could have had it yeah you're right though um did you hear the story about the guy in the uk who who got in like basically on day one and he mined seven and a half thousand bitcoin count that number so in fact i'm going to go to the preve website and work out today what that is worth because it's so jaw-droppingly horrific okay so here we go at today's rates this chap 7500 he's worth 290 million dollars which is not to be sniffed at he he lost interest because it kind of it was a non thing. Nobody was really going on about it. Seven and a half thousand, and he uh, he sent the hard disk to the trash with lots of other things. And then he employed people once he'd worked out it was worth so much money to go through the landfill site to try and retrieve the hard disk. Needless to say, he never found it. But um, yeah, yeah, it, I don't know. It all just seems your wordproof example was genius. That was Sebastian, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I didn't. He, wasn't there a Yoast wordproof thing? Did you guys? There's a connection. We're we're working with them to build an integration, um, and also Yoast of Valk is one of the investors in. Uh, okay. in yeah, you see, that strikes me as a really like. There's nobody losing out there. All you're doing is saying, "Here's a piece of content that I made. Let's stick it on a blockchain so that we can verifiably say, no, that that was the original one. That was the first one. Back away." And it strikes me that you know, legal firms or insurance companies or banks themselves could use it in that way. And I, I just, I just don't know. I'm not yet ready to to let ex to let me be the expert of in everything. I want expert. I, I'm quite happy to pay money to banks so that they can look after my money for me because they're far better at doing it than I am. You know, yeah. like I said, and be I a... really like that my bank has a password reset that allows me access to my account again. Yeah. Yeah. Not, Oh, I drove over my USB stick. It's in bits on the ground. Can I have a reset please? Well, not unless you've remembered, <laughs> remembered the log file. Anyway, there you go. That was interesting. Um, Final drama of this week. Sorry, everybody. We've gone right off WordPress, but it's fun. I started reading this book, and I'm going to recommend it. It's called Stolen Focus, and I'm going to open up a conversation. We've only got about five minutes, so we'll see where this goes. This is um, it's by a guy called Johan Harry, um, and it's all about the whole book. I'm about halfway through it, so I can't speak as to where it goes. And it's about how, as a as a 
as a civilization, not, you know, the entire human species, basically, who's got a mobile phone, how we are losing our focus, how we have this inability to do things which take more than a few seconds. And the easy answer is one word, and it's either the word phone or Facebook, depending. But I was reading through this, and, and at the minute, he's not presented any solutions. He's just going through the psychology, the science, the MIT researchers who've carried out studies on how it affects sleep and all of that. And I, 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 I am guilty as charged. I have been trying to address this, and I, I am succeeding to some extent. And I want to know how you guys are coping. Do you find yourself like doing, you know, basically this? You've seen, you know, like. Mm-hmm. doing this mm-hmm. a lot and then realizing that an hour and a half has gone by and you've act, that bit of i don't know that diy that needed doing or those that laundry that needed sorting out it's this honestly there, there was so much that i got out of this hour and a half it was it was brilliant i found one thing about guinea pigs it was great you know what i'm saying <laughs> and and so he's trying to explain why we do it, what the, what, the psycho, what the psychology is of that addiction, and hopefully armed with that, I will be, I will be glorious next week and I will be free. Mm. Um, is this you? Do you have this problem? Or is it, am I one of the only people who he's going to sell this book to? I definitely had this problem a little worse in college, um, but I, I started, um, I guess, giving myself more strict screen time rules just you know close the laptop put the phone away just just be a, a person without tech for a while yeah um, and i've definitely noticed uh in my generation and and younger generations that it just it everyone thinks that they might have add uh and a lot of and a lot of people do and a lot of people um are are getting uh adhd type symptoms uh from using smartphones and social media too often and it's hard to even uh, get a proper diagnosis, um, but yeah, I think I think a good solution is just is a, a cap on screen time. Yeah, they, he makes the point that on, on average, a typical. So he's talking about Americans. I guess the same would be true for Europeans and I imagine other places in the world. You touch your phone about two point two thousand times a day, which seems ridiculous, but. I bet the data is pretty solid. I, obviously, there's an aggregate. There's going to be people who are doing it much more and people who are doing it much less. But man alive, that's a lot. Yeah, I think um, my phone keeps track of screen time. And I'm kind of afraid to look at it <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's um, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. does it beautifully. That's the perfect <laughs> analogy. Yeah, the, the only thing... I mean, it's one of the main reasons why I decided not yet to get a smartwatch because I think those are even worse because it's so much easier to just have a quick look at your wrist and yeah. and get that distraction, distraction and, and see what's going on. Whereas taking your phone out is, is something that I can't suddenly do while in a conversation. Just to give you some more context, so the 2.2K thousand touches a day is quite interesting but apparently if you are fully in the zone on something and i'm sure jack as somebody that writes code you can probably attest to this whether or not this number feels true or not apparently a quick glance at an email that you might not even read you just take your attention away apparently it fully takes 23 minutes on average to get back into the flow state that you were in before 
Jack, is that nonsense? I don't know. I, I honestly can't answer that because every device I have is in distraction-free mode. Good My MacBook is permanently in distraction-free mode. Um, I have no notifications. Every notification is disabled on my phone, my MacBook. I don't have any notification. I look at Slack when I want it. I don't have the, the little icon to show you how many messages. Nothing. How are you still alive? <laughs> this is the problem, right? We've totally yeah. got to the point where we believe it's like intravenous, right? If it's not, if we're not plugged in all the time, then there's something wrong. And but I, I think Jack, you're onto something there. I've, I've switched all the notifications off. It honestly took me about a week to get used to that. I would be picking mm -hmm. things up, expecting to see things. There isn't, and I've. This is this may not interest you. I've downloaded a. This is my home screen on my phone now, and it has a collection of text links and nothing else. And it, it's, I can't remember what it's called. It's called, it's a launcher for Android. And so I've got like podcast app, music app, but it, it you know, there's nothing there to distract me. Um, and they're the only apps I'm allowed. Basically, I want a podcaster, I want a podcast thing with a phone on it and music. And that's all I want from my phone. But um, yeah, it, it's a fascinating book and highly, highly recommended uh it's called stolen focus why you can't pay attention and i got to about the third page honestly and gave up but i thought i'd mention it anyway <laughs> Ta -da! see what i did there Not focused i like oh. it <laughs> yeah yeah it's a dad joke it was from the from the almanac of dad jokes which i will be writing during the next pandemic um right that's it that's all i've got time for unless you guys have got something you wanted to throw in that i've missed yeah. Go Wait. ahead, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just uh, I recently published a blog post. Um, at I have it. Our blog. So I, I work for Digital Cube. We make Shifter, uh, and Shifter is our main blog. Um, so on this blog, I've, I've uh, finally published the announcement for our residency program. Uh, so we are starting an internet art residency program where we'll invite artists to propose a project idea for us to work on collaboratively. So an artist will come into, into Digital Cube and work with our team to execute their project idea. And while they're with us, um, there'll be other opportunities for education and cultural exchange. Um, so the artist really feels like they're adding value while they're a part so, of our team. So this is artists like Canvas Paint, not digital artists. like. That's what, what... Yes, so the program will <gasps> cool. be to create internet art. And internet art is, we see art around the internet all the time. So sometimes it's hard to pick, it, pick out what's exactly internet art and what's digital art or, or other kinds of art. But internet art is art that uses the internet as a medium. So if, if the website itself is the artwork. Okay, this is fabulous. Can I add this in for next week as well? Of course, of course. Um, to I'm going to quickly more. stick it in as a caption if I can. There we go. Add that. Uh, yeah. There you go. So, so there's the URL. Yeah. So it's any type of artist can apply, um, but the program will be to execute an internet art project. Getshifted.io. Sorry, um, uh, Rachel, <laughs> I apologize. Keep talking over you. You finish. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, just to uh, address your, your question, like, you could be a painter, you can be a comedian, you can be a digital artist, um, but to get into the program, you have to propose an internet art idea. 
So then that we'll execute so, it together. So intriguing. Right, I'm going to scroll right to the bottom. Here's what you need to do. You need to submit the following in a proposal, a short description of your project idea, a short bio, links to help us learn more about who you are as an artist, such as website, recent work, social media pages, press releases, etc., and your answer to the question, why we, why should we work with you? Um, this is brilliant. I'm going to start drawing as we speak. I'm going to draw a square and submit it. Here we go. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm going to put that into next week's and we'll talk about it on next week's show because that's totally got me interested. That's really, really cool. Thank you, Rachel. That's brilliant. Um, Taco or Jack, did we miss anything from you guys? There's one more thing that I think deserves a bit of attention uh, because it was announced this week. And yes, this is definitely it. Um, Yeah, I think as a WordPress community, we've been talking about supporting underrepresented groups a lot. I know, Rachel, you're involved with the WP uh, Women of Color. Um, and I think that we have a lot of underrepresented groups that we should help uh, step up, should help to speak at our events. And WordCamp US is doing exactly this. It says to improve diverse representation at WordCamp US, our programming team has looked into the barriers that hold different groups back, the largest of which is the cost of hotel and airfare or travel. Uh, The idea is that we can't cover these costs, but we can set up connecting points between these speakers and companies that would like to support them. These companies would be responsible for creating their own set of qualifications, managing any transfer of funds and working directly with the speakers uh, and so on. I've got the URL on the screen, but it's uh, if you're just listening to us on the audio, it's us.wordcamp.org forward slash 2022, and then all hyphenated support underrepresented speakers at WordCamp US. And I'm pretty sure that um, next time Michelle is on, she'll be wanting to talk about that. Um, thank you, Taco. Uh, yeah. yeah, just just a. Uh, I mean, I know that a lot of uh, agency owners and a lot of people from all the WordPress companies are listening every week to WP Builds. So this is calling calling upon them to join this program and uh, to help fund underrepresented speakers. Thank you. Yeah, that's well, well worth it. I'm going to add that into next week's show notes as well, because I missed that one. And uh, I appreciate it. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah. So we're out of time. Um, Just to say that Michelle, who will probably be championing that page, I would have thought, she said in regards to mobile phones, is it considered one touch if you have it in your hand all day long? She's asking for a friend. Michelle, I think that's I think that's I think you can class that as one. We'll give you a pass on that. That's fine. You've you've got no problem. Okay, right. The here comes the humiliating bit. Sorry, um, Jack, sorry, Taco, sorry, Rachel. We have to do the wave. Um, every week we have to do this thing so that <laughs> I can use it as album art. So position yourself in the screen. Give us a wave, give us a wave. Oh look, everybody's being so obedient and biddable. Thank you. That's it. We've done it. Thank you very much to Jack. Thank you very much to Taco. Thank you very much to Rachel. I appreciate you joining us this week. And uh, hopefully we'll have you all back on at some point. Bye-bye for now.